one and all, Dale Stewart here behind the Nature's Edge microphone. We've got an interesting show today. Uh, most of my listeners know that I have a real passion for geography, and uh, my guest has that same passion. And we're going to we're going to discuss a number of different things uh, in the uh, in the natural world dealing with geography. And uh, it's also kind of a sad fact that uh, many of the students that I talk to from Gosh, early, uh, early elementary all the way through college seem to have a like of, of understanding and knowledge about geography and where things are located, and that's kind of a sad fact to me. And, it, you know, it, it'd be nice uh, if they knew the continents even. Uh, it would also be nice if they knew, for instance, I, I don't care that they know exactly where a country is, but it'd be nice that some place like Suriname that they knew that it was in South America and not Africa. Well, my guest today is really been almost on a mission, if you will, uh, to, uh, to, to do something about that. Barry O'Reilly is originally from Ireland. He's a graduate from the Art Institute at Fort Lauderdale. He has worked in urban planning and environmental science industries in South Florida for many years uh, before he moved to North Carolina. He then returned to academia and received a degree in geospatial technology. Barry now works in the telecommunication industry, mapping fiber optic networks. Like me, he has a passion for geographic knowledge, and he got involved in geography education uh, when when his kids uh, really started school. He also has created the the Geo Carolinas uh, to promote geo-literacy programs, and and those programs now reach, I think, some 10,000 K-12 through students a year, and this is all volunteer work by Barry. And Barry, welcome to Nature's Edge, my friend. Thank you, Dale. It's a pleasure to be here. Barry, I guess right off of the, uh, right off the bat, let's talk about geography and, and why is geography such a passion of yours? Well, it always was. I mean, it's one of those human nature things. We always want to see what's on the far side of the hill, and I think we're born with that um, interest in, ex- in exploring and, and finding out new places. I remember going back when I was a kid, I was always getting into trouble for looking at maps when I was supposed to be doing something else. But um, I think I have a wanderlust, I think if that's the term we want to use, that um, I'm fascinated by other cultures and other people, and um, I have an interest in, in what they do and how they do it. Because uh, sometimes their way of doing things may not be the best way, and then someone else might have, have a different approach. Um, and I think that's what sparks it. It's just that, um, that interest in um, what's going on in the world around me. When your uh, when your kids started to school, I, you, that, I know that's when you really decided to, to sort of jump into that that uh, educational aspect of geography a little bit. Was it because they just weren't getting the the, the training, or that a lot, and and you know a lot of schools seem to have dropped geography even from curriculums. That's right, Dale. Um, I think I had expectations of what they would be learning, and uh, I was. Um I was surprised when I realized that it was not part of the standard curriculum and that it was something that it was just it was added on afterwards or it was something that the teachers would do if they could and there was no no geography based stuff it was all lumped into social studies yes um so so I started off just um national geography week I would go in uh, to preschool and I would talk to the students about the continents and the oceans and and where they were in relation to other countries around them Right, um, and I think that, I think that's the main thing. And um, what I discovered was somewhere along the line we lost our sense of place. We we lost um, where we fit in in the world. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it, it's it's great to know where countries are, 
So when you hear world events, you get a sense of, okay, where in relation to where I am is that event happening? Oh, I know, as I stated in the opening remarks, you know, it's, it's, it's almost discouraging to me sometimes. As you know, Barry, I, I do a lot of speaking like you do in schools around uh, the country, and it's, it's disheartening sometimes when I talk about that I've spent time with an indigenous tribe in this particular country, and I'll ask the students, do you know where that is? And they, they don't have a clue, or they're in the wrong continent or the wrong side of the planet or something, and that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. And we are fortunate in this country that, I mean, the citizens of this country are made up with citizens from every single country on this planet. Yes. And, and we have a connection to almost every other area, and that we have lost that connection somewhere, you know. I mean, we're all able to do searches on the Internet and um, and find locations, and we've become Internet smart. But having that just that basic little knowledge, I think, has disappeared over the last 20, 30 years. I agree. Barry, do you... Growing up in Ireland and and in, in the Great Britain, uh, is is geography still uh, taught uh, uh, at a pretty high level in in those schools as a, as uh, you know as it relates to the United States? Um, I I believe it was when I was you know younger when I when I moved to the United States in the early nineties. Um, I had an understanding of geography and, and I, maybe it was because I just had a passion for geography and. and Maybe the education system was as good as the same as what we have here in the United States. Um, the education system in Ireland is a lot different than the UK. Yes. They're two totally separate things. Yes. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot different times. Where I remember learning about um, the geography of Puerto Rico. Mm. You know, and it's, it was just one of those things. I mean, I talked to people when I was in South Florida from Puerto Rico, and they could not believe that I understood some of the regional geography. Because and again, it was something that I had a passion for. Um, I have nephews in Ireland now, and, and one of them is an actual teacher. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we have conversations about that, and the standards seem to be the same. I think we're we're, we're somehow losing um, that sense of place, as, as I said, and, that, and that's one of the key things. You'll hear me say that a lot. We need to get back to that sense of place. Where do our students fit in in the world and in society? Barry, do you ever talk when you're when you're in schools? Do you ever ever have the opportunity to speak? Not only with teachers, but with uh, uh, principals and supervisors about about getting geography more involved in the uh, in the school system. Absolutely, and uh, you know, I I try to find resources that complement the Common Core standards. Yes. And um, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure on teachers now to to meet certain standards. And if you know, if I come into a school and say, "Hey, I think this is a great idea," well, I'm putting extra burden on those teachers. So what I try to do is find things that help them teach those standards. No, but I slip, in ge- yeah. I slip in geography on the side, and sometimes they don't realize I'm slipping it in there. But, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's, how it, that's how we do things. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, geography is a lot more than just topography and where things are located. You know, it deals with culture. It deals with, with everything that is, that is really going on uh, in our lives. Absolutely. There's there's basically five teams of geography, and that's location, place, um, human inter- in, environmental interaction, movement, and region. And geography affects every part of your life, whether you realize it or not, uh, from commerce to you know the news you watch on the on TV to you know to travel to everything. You know, I mean, so everything has a sense of place. Everything is is in a place. And then they say I mean, it's it's cliche, but everywhere is somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I I. I totally you know? agree with that. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. And I, I think that, 
you know, sometimes people uh, will define geography for me as just topography or just the studying maps or something like that. And I say, well, you know, mm-hmm. that's just a very small part of, of what geography is all about. Absolutely, Dale. I mean, at one time it was memorizing cities, it was memorizing countries, and it was memorizing rivers, um, and you know, and that was repetition. Yeah. And it, it's great, and it's great, and it's a fun thing to do, but it's not what geography is all about. No, uh, not at all. Uh, you, um, you have you have also developed and and have a program which we're going to talk about when we come back from our break, Barry. We're going to talk about the the National Geographic Giant, Giant Traveling uh, Map Program that you're involved with. And uh, we'll do that when we come back. And I'm talking with Barry O'Reilly. Barry is a, a fellow at the Royal Geographical Society. He's a member of the North Carolina Geographic Alliance and the Explorers Club. Uh, he's also a friend of mine, and he also is the recipient of the 2012 Award for Outstanding Support for Geography Education from the National Council for Geographic Education. Barry, we will be back uh, shortly, and you're listening to Nature's Edge. Welcome back. This is Dale Stewart, and you are listening to Nature's Edge. My guest today is a friend of mine, Barry O'Reilly. Barry is uh, originally from Ireland, but he saw saw his ways and wound up uh, now living in North Carolina. And, and Barry is uh, uh, he's a fellow of the Royal Geographical Society. He's a member of the North Carolina Geographic Alliance, a member of the Explorers Club, and. Uh, uh, Barry, we were talking a little uh, before the break about geography in general, general but the thing that uh, I would really want to talk to you about is something that I know you're passionate about and something that uh, you've been doing for a while now. Let's talk about the National Geographic Giant Traveling Map Program. Fantastic. What is well, that? If you can, well, what the map, map program is all about is National Geographic created a series of maps of uh, the continents. Yes. And these maps are 36 feet by 26 feet. They weigh over 100 pounds. Yep. And you, the teachers bring the map into their school. They put it into the gymnasium. And the students come in, kick their shoes off, and actually learn geography in a really big way by, by walking on the map. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and you're, you're actually the individual that takes this map into schools, uh, Barry? Um, I started off doing that. Um, I, I've been doing this now for seven years. Uh, this was a National Geographic program that I, I found out about. I thought it was a fantastic idea. I thought it was an innovative way to teach um, geography concepts. So when I started, I started with one school, and I would go in and, and help the teachers teach the lesson plans. But my role has changed. I now facilitate the, um, the funding of it, the, the actual movement of it, and the coordination. And I have teachers in schools that I work with who actually now go in and they actually teach the lesson plans. And they incorporate it into a lot of, you know, the, the classroom stuff that they're teaching. Um, and even um, 
PE, you know, physical education. The, the sure. students are moving on the map, so it, it covers that too. So the map lays down on the floor then, huh? The map uh, is a heavy canvas map. I say it weighs over 100 pounds. Yeah. And, and it is, each one is a continent. They have uh, North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Europe, and then the Pacific Ocean. And the Pacific Ocean is a fantastic uh, educational tool because it covers a lot of the earth science. It comes with a, a box of props, and some of those props include um, pieces of coral, uh, a model of a volcano. Mm. So you can imagine a school in maybe um, you know, Arizona where the students may not get to see the ocean. Right. Um, they actually can, they can physically touch a piece of coral, and they can actually learn about the ocean and all of the all of the, the creatures that live in the ocean and all of the islands that make up the Pacific Ocean. What about, uh, what about the ice world, uh, like the Antarctic? Um, it's something I've been talking about. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm hoping down the road that it's something that uh, you know, we can definitely look at because I think that, that is the one continent that is the least understood. It is. I, I, um, that's the one, and, and it's, it's always amazing to me when I talk about people that, you know, that I, and I've been to the Antarctic several times, and if I talk about going to the Antarctic or doing something and, People always say, "Well, how long did it take you to get up there?" And I say, "You know, it's not up there; it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's down there." And, and you know, it's it, it just uh, again sort of a, a sad reality of of, uh, of how people uh, think about geography. And and uh, and the other continent you didn't mention, of course, was Australia. Is that part of the uh, Pacific? They ha- they haven't as yet. Um, I, th- I I think the the mindset is there that Australia, even though it's a continent, is still it's a single country. Yes. And, um, and and they haven't got around to doing that yet. It, it's possible down the road. And they have two of each map. And yeah, these huh? maps travel the country. Um, I have a colleague in Alaska who um, who uses these maps in the same way I do. She travels from place to place with them and, and you know, and, and, and helps educate uh, students using the maps. Now, if you could imagine the concept of a student standing on the map and actually seeing what's, there, what's around them. I mean, I love North America for that reason. Yes. Um, if you if you have the students stand in North Carolina, they get to see where the Atlantic Ocean is, where Canada is, where California is, and and it, again goes back to what I'm always saying that creates that sense of place. Yeah, and I guess understanding on the map, it, it's really uh, in relationship. It gives them that relationship. You know, if they're facing north, they know Canada's up there. They know Virginia is just north of them. They look off to the right and they can see the Atlantic Ocean. So I guess it really does Absolutely. give them a, a visual. Um, image of, of sort of where they are. Absolutely. And, and the maps are set up for K-8 normally. Yes. And they come with, come with a whole set of lesson plans you know, for, for, each, for each grade. But I have um, educators who work with high school students. And uh, one school I work with, they were teaching um, the, Roman, Rome, the history of the, of the Roman Empire. Mm. And while they had a map of Europe, and not only were they able to see the European countries, but they were able to actually map out the extent of the Roman Empire through different through different phases. That's and amazing. It really, yeah, it really drives that lesson plan home. It does. Now, uh, uh, Barry, are teacher modules or or teacher training a part of the traveling map program? Um, it comes with a series of lesson plans that are created by uh, social studies teachers. Mm. Um, but I tell people it's not set in stone. Um, I've helped different, organi- different organizations and groups uh, incorporate those lesson plans into, you know, what they're teaching. Um, one of the programs I run here in Charlotte is with the Boy Scouts. Yes. Um, every year, every year the Boy Scouts come in and they do their geography belt for Cub Scouts, and I've tailored the lesson plans to meet the requirements for, for those awards. 
and we have a whole day of fun, and um, you know the, the the boys get to run all over the map, and they learn geography. Absolutely. Now, now is the is the the uh, traveling map program that you're doing? Is it just North America, or do you also have maps uh, as we were talking about earlier of the other continents that that are a part of this? Um, the continents, uh, the map program itself is based in North America. Um, I say the continents are North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and then the Pacific Ocean is another map. Um, I believe National Geographic have supplied maps to uh, Canada and possibly um, the United Kingdom, but um, that's something that I'm not not familiar with. Um, But the maps that I work with, they can come to me from Alaska and then go to California when I'm finished with them. So... What, you, what, you're, what you're paying for with the funding is actually the transportation of the map. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, if you don't mind, Barry, the funding. And, and, uh, and also, if someone, uh, or one of our listeners uh, who's in the school system or a teacher would like to have the map come to their school, how does that happen? Um, normally what happens, uh, you can work through your state geographic alliance. And most states have one. Um, North Carolina, the North Carolina Geographic Alliance is based out of uh, Appalachia State University. Um, yep, or you can actually contact National Geographic yourself. Um, you can do a search for joint traveling maps or National Geographic uh, events, and you will be, you'll find a page that you all about the map and how to book it and what it costs to rent it. You're, when you're renting the map, you're really paying just for the shipping cost. Yeah. You know, so, so the there's, school there's a, yeah, is just paying for the shipping cost to get it there. Yeah, and normally what happens is uh, if there's a PTA or a PTO in the school or if you can find a local sponsor, that can help co- uh, offset the cost. And then how do, how do you or the other people get involved? I mean, are you then contacted, Barry, for, by National Geographic that, let's say, a school in, in uh, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, would like, to have the, uh, would like to have the map, and then you go from there? Um, not necessarily. What happens with me is I rent the map for 12 weeks. Oh, okay. And I, I, I find the funding for that. Um, individual schools can rent a map. And what I recommend is um, if you're in elementary school, talk to your middle school, and, and between the two of you, rent the map for two weeks, and that way you get to, you get to offset the cost a bit. Uh, again, you know, use your PTO or your, PT, or your PTA or do a fundraiser to, to find the funding. Um, you can contact National Geographic Direct, or, again, you can contact the alliance, uh, your state alliance, and um, see if they have a map in the area that they can facilitate. But I've, for the last seven years, been working mainly in the, the Charlotte area. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I had a school in uh, Hickory, which I worked with, and uh, I'm hoping that come, join- come March of next year, we'll have, I will have the map of Africa in a school in, near Asheville. Well, absolutely. That, that would be wonderful. And, and certainly if you get there, Barry, you know you better call me so I can come over there with you. <laughs> and absolutely. I'll, I'll take you on a tour of Africa. You, I... I've done it in reality. I'd like to do it on a map. <laughs> You're listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart and my guest, Barry O'Reilly. And Barry and I are talking about geography. We're talking about maps and the National Geographic Giant Traveling Map Program. And we will be back shortly after this message. Thank you for listening.
You've got Nature's Edge on your radio. I'm your humble host, Dale Stewart. Our guest today is Mr. Barry O'Reilly, and uh, Barry and I are talking about something that, that uh, we're both passionate about, and that's geography and, uh, and the sad reality that it is not as well taught in our school systems as it, as it should be. And during the break, we were even talking about the fact that some of the, uh, some of the teachers that we run across are not as well informed as they need to be even about geography. Barry, you were talking about the... Um, the 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 National Geographic Giant Traveling Map Program, and how people could get involved in it a little more. What what should teachers expect, uh, or what should uh, school administrators expect when the map shows up? Um, the map is large, so unless you have a large uh, media center or gymnasium, um, you know it's very hard to facilitate it because when you when you spread the map on the floor, it's roughly the half size of a basketball court. No. Yeah. You know, so it, it does take up a bit of space. And fortunately, it comes with a complete set of lesson plans. And what I try and do is I try and get those lesson plans into the teacher's hands well in advance so they can look at them and incorporate them into what they're, what they're teaching. And it also comes with a, with a trunk of props. Um, as we said earlier, um, it, you know, there, there's a model of a volcano and pieces of coral, but it also has flashcards and cones so you can actually play games. Mm. And, and teach geography by playing games, and the students can move around the map and actually have a lot of fun. It's very interactive, and it's an inno- innovative way of, of teaching geography because you're, you're moving away from books and, and from the computer and from the classroom and into an environment where you're physically moving around and learning, learning concepts. Bear, um, these learning modules in the map, is, is it really geared to a certain uh, age group, or is it, or is it applicable to uh, uh, first through twelve? It's, it's set up for K-12. Oh, okay. But as I, as I said, I have, um, sorry, set up for K-8. I have um, high school students who use the map every year, and uh, the teachers incorporate the lesson plans in the map with what they're teaching at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I even know some uh, some universities and colleges that could use it uh, Maybe we need to expand yeah, the absolutely. yeah expand the the program in there. Let me ask you one other quick question about the um, the John Traveling Map. It, d- does National Geographic or do you do, does anyone ever put on a program just for teachers uh, around the map uh, in the summertime or anything like that, that that helps them create lesson plans around the map? Um, again, the state lines do. There's, there's several conferences per year. Um, North Carolina has the Social Studies Conference coming up uh, early next year in February, and that's an opportunity to go, and they'll have a map on hand. Um, I run um, an annual training session for teachers, and it's not just for the joint traveling map, but it's, it's, it's other ge- geography concepts where I might, bring, I might have Google or, or, or some other organization come in and train teachers on how to use uh, different products in the classroom. And how do people? Uh, but, but it, yeah, and how how would teachers know about those things, Barry? Do, do you uh, normally normally through the alliance? Through no, the, okay. uh, I would recommend to every teacher that they join the North Carolina Geographic Alliance or their state Geographic Alliance, um, because here you can find lesson plans, and this is where they incorporate geography into uh, math and uh, other social studies, and um, the lesson plans are on there. It's free to join join the the alliance in every state, and they're connected directly with National Geographic. Outstanding stuff there. I know, Barry, that uh, besides the uh, the, the uh, Giant Traveling Map program, there are some other programs that that, uh, that you've developed, such as GeoConnect and GeoSTEM and, and GeoScouts. What, what is GeoConnect? 
GeoConnect was a concept that came up while watching the students um, on, the, on one of the maps. And I said, wouldn't it be fantastic if these students could actually talk to students in these countries? And then the light bulb went off, and uh, yeah. I, started re- I started reaching out to, to, um, to different school uh, organizations and school districts. Um, well, the first one was Europe, and I found a school in Malta, in the Mediterranean, that, yes. that was quite willing to talk to students in North Carolina. So we set up a, a meeting, and um, students in Charlotte got to talk to students in Malta um, through Skype or another social media. And that's what GeoConnect is all about. It's connecting students here in, in uh, North America with students in other parts of the world. And what they discover is that they may speak a different language, they may, they may have slightly different culture, but they're not that different. They like the same things. They play the same sports. They like the same music. You know, it's so it's a great way of, um, of, of teaching tolerance uh, among everything else, but it's also a great way to connect students with, with, with the rest of the world. Oh, absolutely. I know several years ago I was fortunate enough to put a program together between a, uh, a junior high school and some students uh, of the Mayan culture in Belize and, and, uh, mm-hmm. that spoke English. And we did a big Skype presentation, and the students were able to talk to the students uh, uh, in, in Belize who were, who were Mayan. And, uh, and and this was right before the whole 2012 thing, so they were, it was it was very timely, and and we didn't know how it would go. And then the students uh, found out that they all love soccer, and so soccer became <laughs> became the unifying thing. So I agree with you 100 percent, my friend. That is a great way uh, to share cultures and to educate, and it's something these kids do not forget. I ran into one of the students. Uh, just a, a few months ago, and he came up and he said, "Oh, Dale, I still remember us sitting there in the big auditorium talking to the kids and with the Mayan school in Sand Creek in Belize." And I thought that was pretty amazing that he still remembered that. Absolutely. Yeah. Next, next year um, in January, um, more students here in Charlotte are going to be talking to students on the west coast of Africa. Oh, absolutely. Dakar. Great. And uh, Dakar, Senegal. So there's an international school there, and. Um, you know, there's a there's about five hour time difference, so the students will, will you know they'll have a conversation and uh, they'll learn about each other. And last uh, students talked to uh, their counterparts in Rio, Rio de Janeiro, in Brazil. Mm. So so that you know the program's moving around. There's there's a time frame within the school system that we can we can work five or six hours. You know, if we have students in in North Carolina in the morning, we can talk to students in Europe, and it's late it's late afternoon for them. Or you know, and it doesn't have to be outside outside the United States. We can have students in North students in Seattle or in California. Oh, absolutely. Um, tell me about GeoSTEM. GeoSTEM is a education concept to promote uh, geospatial education and, and uh, the geoscience. And I work full-time in, in, the, in the GIS industry, which is geographic information systems. Yep. And uh, this is a way to take that geo information and introduce it into STEM. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's another science, and uh, it there should be a component in with STEM. So that, that's, I, I run workshops uh, twice a year um, to train you know, 50 to 60 teachers on how to incorporate some of these, um, the tools, especially software, into their classroom activities. And again, Barry, how do, how do teachers find out about GeoSTEM and when you offer these programs? Um, in the Charlotte area, I have, um, I have a, we- um, a Facebook page called GeoCarolinas where I normally post a lot of the stuff that, that I'm doing. And, again, uh, through the North Carolina Graphic Alliance, there's a, there's a connection through there. Through, through there. We've got yeah. about a minute and a half left, so let's talk a little bit about Geo Scouts. 
GeoScouts, as we talked about earlier, is a program where we take events on the joint traveling map and we incorporate them into the requirements for um, you know, awards, for geography awards. And the scouts come in, they spend the day on the map, uh, you know, and, and they, they do everything they need to do to earn that award. And normally with the Cub Scouts, it's, a, it's a, called a belt loop and a pin. Yeah. Now, is, is that they have to do. Is GeoScouts, is that normally done, uh, Barry, whenever the map is at a school? Do you, um, uh, yeah, or, or a community organization. I reach out to other community organizations here in the Charlotte area. So um, if it's true, a church organization. Or, you know, the, if the map's sitting, I, I don't like to leave the map sitting at any time, but sometimes no, on the weekend the map is not being used and there's an opportunity to do some other events. That's uh, that's amazing stuff, and and uh, uh, from GeoConnect to GeoSTEM to GeoScouts, that, those those are three amazing programs that you've developed, Barry. That uh, man, I tip my hat to you, and and uh, just know if there's any way I can ever help, or any way that Nature's Edge can help you with any of those programs, uh, we're going to be here for you. You were listening. You were listening to Dale Stewart, Nature's Edge, and my guest Barry O'Reilly. Barry is a member of the Royal Geographical Society and a member of the North Carolina Geographic Alliance as well as the Explorers Club. We'll be back with our final segment after these messages, and I'm going to talk to Barry a little bit about uh, uh, why it's it's so important to learn about geography. And then we're also, Barry, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the geography of Ebola. Okay. We shall return. Dale Stewart, and you were listening to Nature's Edge. Our special guest today is Mr. Barry O'Reilly, and Barry and I are talking about a passion that we both share, and that's geography. Uh, Barry was just talking to us uh, a little about the uh, his National Geographic Giant Traveling Map program, uh, uh, three other programs he started, GeoConnect, GeoSTEM, and GeoScouts. And uh, Barry, you've mentioned several times the North Carolina Geographic Alliance. Uh, could you could you just give us a little bit more about that? And, and am I correct that most states also have a geographic alliance? Yes, there there is. A, I think every state has a geographic alliance, if I'm not mistaken. But um, they're directly connected to National Geographic, and okay. this is where National Geographic you work with the alliance to um, to help uh, geoliteracy um, be promoted in each state. And uh, there's a lot of resources. It's a free, um, you can join it for free if you're a teacher or, or if you just have an interest in geography. And then there's lesson plans that you can download and, and use in your classroom. Or you can do a fun night, um, you know, a community night, and uh, the lesson plans are there to help you set that up. But there's, they do a lot of other things, too. There's a lot of great programs. Um, North Carolina uh, is run out of Appalachian State University. Yeah, up um, and I boom. Think if, yeah, yeah I, I think if your, uh, your listeners do a search for North Carolina Geographic Alliance, They'll find the information there, and um, they can sign up for newsletters and, and become part of, the, of a, a great group of people. And anyone can do that. They don't just have to be educators, correct? No, no. It's anyone who has an interest. I mean, if you, if you have an interest in geography, and there's an opportunity for you to be involved. 
And mm. I, I think that's what needs to happen too with um, parents and uh, community groups that, are, that have an interest in things like this. I think they need to start getting back involved in the schools. Oh, absolutely. I, I could not agree more. Um, you know, Barry, what do you think? Uh, what do you think we've really lost? I mean, you and I sort of agree on this, but what do you, what do you, for our listeners, what do you think we've lost by really removing geography out of our classrooms? Um, I think we've lost our connection, certainly with, with on a global scale, but um, with the with the environment. I mean, I know I know you're as passionate about this as I am, but um, our students need to have a connection to the environment in order to want to preserve it for the future. And want to, and these you know our students now are the ones who are going to be making the decisions twenty thirty years from now that affects you know um, you know the environment and affects you know climate change and stuff like that. So making that connection now I, I think is important. And uh, somewhere along the line we just lost that. We lost that sense of place. We lost uh, where we fit in, and we lost that connection to the outdoors. Yeah. And I know in an, in an age of technology, when I know with my boys, I want to. Sp- to spend less time on technology and more time outside. And they do. My boys are scouts, and we're, in, we're involved in the scouting program. But um, that's important because I think we need to have a connection to the environment in, in order to want to protect it and want to preserve it. Oh, yeah, and, and you, you know I totally agree with that, Barry. In fact, when I go Absolutely. into school systems to, to speak, one of the, I have a couple of things. One is if it's, uh, if it's a nice day, we're going outside. We're not going to stay in the classroom. And if, in fact, Absolutely. we do have to stay in the classroom, I, we take all the desks out into the hall, and then we sit down in a big circle <laughs> in the middle of the floor. Um, I love it. So, yeah, some of the teachers kind of look at me funny when we do that. And, and, uh, but, but really, I like to get in there, and, and if I can get the kids talking among themselves and asking questions and asking me specifics uh, about things, if I can get a, a kid to ask me where the Mayans live or where the Sand Creek Bushmen live in Africa – and I can point out on a map exactly where that area is and, and, and where they lived and where their ancestors lived, they remember that rather than me just standing oh, up there and talking to them about it. So, yeah, I agree with you. That, that is something I think, I think we have lost uh, in there. And I, and yeah, I think that's I, one of the reasons why it is so important for us to try to get geography back into our school systems. Absolutely. And one of the other things I do, I carry a inflatable globe with me when I travel to places. And, you know, you can take it out and it becomes a talking point. We blow it up and yep. we look at where the continents are in the oceans. Then we have a game of soccer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just, it just break, it breaks the ice. It does. Absolutely. I, I've, I, uh, I haven't had the, the game of soccer because I must admit I'm not a great <laughs> soccer guy. I'm more of a football, American football guy. But uh, I, I could certainly see where that, that happened. And like you, I, I always take maps with me. I always take globes with me uh, because I learned a long time ago not to assume that the schools would have these things like they did in my day. And that's a, sad, that's a sad reality as well. You used to walk into a classroom and there was a big map on the wall. Remember that of, in the classrooms? You don't see that anymore. No, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things have changed, and a lot of stuff is now – you know, computer-based or technology-based, which is fantastic. It is. It um, is. I mean, some of the things that Google and Google Earth uh, allow students to do is is pretty fascinating uh, within itself. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, and this is just another reason why knowing geography is important. Uh, uh, we all know about uh, what's going on right now with the with Ebola, uh, even though it's it's it's. Uh, 
calmed down a little bit from the news media. It, it's still something that's happening out there. But you want to talk a little bit about uh, the geography of Ebola and kind of explaining to people uh, why that's important? Sure. Um, this goes back again to understanding where you are in relation to other, to other things. Uh, we hear stories of um, stuff happening in Africa, and we hear an outbreak of Ebola, and you know, the news media has a habit of uh, sensationalizing some of this, and, and, and justifiably so in some cases. But we understand that Ebola is basically located in, in three areas, in three countries in West Africa, and that is Sierra Leone, Guinea, and Liberia. Yes. There's been similar cases in Nigeria. Now, um, I, I heard a story a while ago about a teacher from Kentucky who was um, asked to self-quarantine after she came back from Kenya. Um, which I thought was amusing, and maybe it's because I have a better understanding of geography than, you know, than I, I let on sometimes. But um, if she had gone to Madrid, Spain, and came back, they wouldn't have quarantined her. But Madrid, Spain, is actually closer to Liberia than Kenya is. Yes, it is by good deal. You know, and and we and we and we have to have that understanding of where where in the world do we do these things happen? Because every day on the news we hear stories from around the world, and. If you remember, if you remember seeing TV shows um, where you know back World War II, where you know they sit around the radio and they would listen to stories of uh, you know what was happening in the you know in, in in Europe and in the Pacific, and and they would get out their globe or their, their map and they would look and see and they would have an understanding of where these places were, um, and that's one of the things we've lost. So you know Ebola is a scary thing. I mean, there's a lot happened, but you know it's centered in that area in um, West Africa. Even South Africa have lost a lot of tourism. Yes. Even though it's thousands of miles away, because it's connected with Africa. Well, you know, I think Africa is a very big continent. It's and a you huge could, you could continent. take the lower 48 states and fit them into the top area of Africa. Absolutely, it's a huge continent. And again, I think people don't have an understanding. I mean, I've actually had people look at Africa like it's a state, the size of a state or yes. something, and the and the, the countries are almost like counties. And that is just so far removed, as you said. The Africa is a huge continent and uh, with many countries and and but as people and including the news media kind of lump things together so if they say something is going on like you said in Sierra Leone they will punish someone in Kenya and Kenya is all the way across the continent that that would be like someone being sick in Washington DC and them quarantining someone in San Francisco Absolutely, and if you look at that from a commerce perspective if you have uh, something happening let's say in Seattle and you have European I'm not going to go to Disney World in Florida because there's something happening in the United States of America. Absolutely. You know, and, and, that's the, and that's the same concept. It's just the understanding of where in the world is this and where am I affected by it. Barry, uh, my friend, thank you so much for all that you do for, uh, for the world of geography and, uh, and for the students and for the teachers out there. Uh, it has been a, a true pleasure uh, having this discussion with you and uh gosh i'm gonna have to have you back there's just there's so much <laughs> more uh uh to geography that you and i need to uh, need to talk about you've Absolutely. been listening to uh, nature's edge i'm dale stewart we have enjoyed our discussion with mr barry o'reilly and until i see you next time i hope to see you in the wild and when you sit down with your kids at night watching the news or something, sit down with a map. And if they're talking about Sierra Leone, show them on the map where that is. Barry, thank you again, my friend. We will see you next time. My pleasure.